to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey. squaddies. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad Podcast. Today, we are taking you to the Colorado mountain town of Breckenridge. So we actually tried to take this weekend trip before, and we were unsuccessful in the past due to a major snowstorm that canceled our flights. And so we had to rebook and see this trip through a year later. But Breckenridge is a paradise for snow activities, and we really wanted to see it in the snow, which is why we picked to go in the month of March. Yeah, so Breckenridge is located just west of Denver in the Rocky Mountains. And if you've never heard of Breckenridge, you can equate it to probably like Aspen, Vail, even Telluride in Colorado is starting to become really popular. So Breckenridge is in those top four that I just mentioned right there of ski and snowboard resort destinations, mountain towns in Colorado. And we had a really, really good time. And it's only about, what is it, Brittany, an hour and a half west of Denver. So not too far. So we're going to start off the episodes as usual with some tips for you. And we're going to dive right in. Brittany's favorite tip, download offline maps. I mean, you really can't go wrong with downloading offline maps. I've said that over and over and over again, probably in every single episode, but you never know what you're going to get if you're going to lose reception out in the mountains while you're on trails. So it's really nice to download those offline maps so you can still navigate and not get lost. And we kind of mentioned this a little bit ago as we were doing the intro, Brittany said it, March is the snowiest month statistically of the year. So we went in March. So know that if you go during that time, that's when it should be the most abundant with snow and you being snowed on, which we actually were. There was a big storm that came in as we were leaving. I'm a little conflicted on if I would recommend someone to go in March because first major crazy snowstorm canceled our trip very last minute. Mm -hmm. Strike one. Then we plan this trip. The weather's looking pretty good. It's not getting too crazy. But as soon as we get up to it, boom, snowstorm, snow every day, which is great. And I think having the snow fall on us as we're out there was really nice, but it also caused really crazy driving conditions on the freeways. And then something that we wanted to see was closed because of the storm. So Mm -hmm. that was annoying. And then just being outside, I don't know, it was really cold and maybe April would have been better. See, I don't mind the cold, but yeah, I would say like March in hindsight, I would probably pick a different month, maybe February or April. I still want to enjoy the snow, but um, I don't want my trip to potentially get canceled or for me to get snowed in. See, these girls are talking about it in the sense (laughs) that they're not snowboarders or skiers. Yes, we did some snow activity cross country skiing, but it's not really the same. So what we wanted to do on this trip, I guess maybe that's the reason why we're talking. I don't know about March, but if you're from the area, I guess you already know about Breckenridge, probably not listening to this episode anyway, but just keep that in mind. But keeping with that same theme of the weather, rent a vehicle with all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, you're definitely going to want it and need it. This is something that we learned when we were out there walking as it's snowing. 
definitely, definitely, definitely wear sunglasses. Yes, it's super bright. And so just to have the sunglasses to protect your eyes is helpful. And when the snow is just blowing all crazy and snowing on you, it's nice to have a mask on too. It's like the only time you really want to wear a mask (laughs) (laughs) because all of that snow is not going onto your face. The sunglasses really protect your eyes because like snow was beaming right into my eyeballs. Well, when it was snowing and rather windy, yeah, it was coming in and it hurt. But Mm -hmm. Also in the same thought, if the sun happens to be peeking out and the clouds go a little bit, just imagine the sun reflecting on all that white. It's Mm -hmm. bright and it hurts your eyes to even just look. You can't even focus. So you do want some sort of eye protection and And eyewear. And sunscreen. Wear that sunscreen too. I need the sunscreen. Luckily for me, it was cold. So all of my body was covered except for my face. So you do want to really put sunscreen on your face because you'll get a nasty burn, especially with that reflection off the snow too. Another tip is that Breckenridge is a very expensive city to stay in. And so to save some money, you may want to stay outside of the city center or in a nearby town. We actually stayed in Frisco, which was about 15 to 20 minutes away. That's a really good money saving tip because Breckenridge is very expensive. We looked at hotels like the night of on hotels tonight usually you have good deals last minute bookings but i think the only one available was like 650 dollars a night and it wasn't even good yeah and i was gonna say like even ahead when we were looking it was so much more dramatically expensive the closest town right off the freeway is frisco and what is that about 15 20 minutes from Mm -hmm. breckenridge and easily your hotel price is going to be cut in half so if you're willing to do that it's a good way to save money stay 20 minutes away Something I didn't know until we got to Breckenridge is it's actually at an altitude of 9,600 feet. And so you may experience some minor altitude sickness symptoms. While we were there, Kim actually said she could feel her hands and feet tingling a little bit. Yeah, the tips of my fingertips almost were like hurting how weird it felt. And then we were out of breath a lot too. Yes, we were like going up the gondola. I was definitely out of breath. See, for me, I really didn't feel it at that point until we started doing cross-country skiing. And then when drinking got involved after the fact too. That's when I really felt it. And I forgot what the science is behind it. But basically they say, you know, it's not very wise if you're not acclimated or used to that type of altitude there consistently that the drinking hits you harder and you're more likely to get a headache and a hangover, even if you don't drink a lot. Mm -hmm. And we all did get a headache too. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. Ooh, another money saving tip for you is we discovered through trial and error that Parking on the streets is actually a lot cheaper than parking in the parking garages and lots. So if you can go around the block to the street side of the main drag and you'll find street parking for a lot cheaper. And then all the money that you save on parking, you can put towards the dispensaries because marijuana is legal in Colorado. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) They were the first one in the U.S. I mean, I guess we got to throw it out there, right? Yeah. And if you don't think snowboarders and skiers are doing that, you're sorely mistaken. So I guess that's a little tidbit for you guys to know. So like we said earlier, Breckenridge is only an hour and a half away from Denver. And it's known for its ski resort, snowboarding, skiing, cross-country skiing. But it's also known for year-round for its alpine activities and the gold rush history. And so when we got to Breckenridge, we really wanted to go down the main street and just get a feel for the town. And Main Street's really beautiful. The buildings are very colorfully painted. They're from the 1880s, 1890s. And they have shops and galleries and restaurants, a whole bunch of things to see on Main Street. It was just really nice to go through that drag and really just see the snow falling, the buildings being made of wood. It just really felt, and obviously this is so silly because we were, but felt like we were up in the mountains and it just like 
completed the whole ambiance and vibe and made it really enjoyable in mm-hmm. that sense of things. I really liked it. It's quaint. If it was not snowing at that point in time, I would have said like we should just walk the stretch. But with the snow, it made it a little bit more colder. It felt a little bit more colder and didn't want to do it at that time. So what did we do first, guys? First thing that we did when we got into Breckenridge was ride the gondola for free. Yeah, so the gondola to get to the top is free. If you want to snowboard or ski down it, you do have to have those passes. But if you just want to take it up and take in the ambiance and check out the restaurants or grab a drink up there, completely free. It's a pretty cool gondola. It's like the most high-tech largest gondola I've ever been on with multiple stops and really great views when you're at the top too. Yeah, you want to get off on the third stop, is Mm -hmm. it not? Yes, and that's where you're at the top, and then there's hotels and resorts, and then you have the paid-for ski lifts if you're going to really ski and snowboard. One thing that was a little upsetting, because we wanted to ride it to the top, obviously, it's free, get the view, just get the whole entire ambiance, but it is so crowded up there, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is obviously, yes, people are there to ski and snowboard, but what few hotels they have and minimal restaurants, like they're all crowded. If you want to go and get a drink, whether it be like a beer, Bloody Mary, or even warm up with a hot chocolate, everywhere that we went had a line of at least 25 Mm -hmm. plus minutes just to wait. And that was a little upsetting to me. I was Mm -hmm. like, kind of takes away from the whole vibe of it. Yeah, I would have loved to get a coffee and like chill and hang out a bit up there, but the lines were way too long. And every place that we did go into, every table was full. There was nowhere to sit. Except for the ones outside. Yeah, (laughs) outside seating in the snow with no heaters. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it would have been nice if like the patio deck was covered. Even if it just had like something above us and then a heater on the patio, that probably would have been doable for Mm -hmm. me. I think maybe it's still developing and it hasn't caught up with the attention that it's gotten and how many people are coming in because Mm -hmm. I think Breckenridge and Denver even as well way underutilized their outdoor space. Yeah, absolutely. Like when we were coming back to Denver, I feel like there wasn't a lot of outdoor activities, especially in winter. I can see like all glass windows being heated inside, but still like be able to take in the outside would be so nice there because of the views. Yeah. Nowhere had that. But the gondola ride... The views were amazing, and it's a pretty long ride. It's 13 minutes each way, and you travel about 7,500 feet, and you have a lift of about 400 feet. So my favorite thing to do whenever we get to the gondola is try to scare the squatties, (laughs) (laughs) my co-host, and be like, should I shake it? And then they always hate me for that. (laughs) This one was kind of crazy, though. When it would come into the stop, it would speed up, and you're like shaking around in there. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. And the gondola is open from mid-June to mid-September and then again from early November to early May. So it does shut down for at least for the month of October. And I think they just do like restoration during that time. Next thing we did was really what we came here wanting to do. And that was cross-country ski. Never tried it. We didn't take any lessons. We didn't watch any videos. We just jumped on those skis and went to town. While you were in the bathroom, Kim, Jamal and I actually did scan a video that they had um, that you could like, I think it was like a QR code or YouTube. And I just like watched the first two or three minutes, which kind of showed me like how to stop and like how to control your skis. I thought that was pretty helpful. And if we were to do this again, or for anyone that's going for the first time, definitely watch a YouTube video before you go. So I love to snowboard. It's been a long time since I've done it. If I'm 
going to be completely honest, but I'm good enough to be able to make my way down the hill without falling. Uh, am I going off any jumps and doing anything crazy? Absolutely not. I'm not at that level. So I thought to myself, you know what? I kind of have my bearings a little bit cross country skiing. It's going to be fun. What am I doing? All I'm doing is really kind of like gliding. So it's not like ice skating, but I'm really in a sense, just gliding on the snow, like out in nature. And I thought, oh, this can't be too bad. It was fucking hard. Yeah. Like really, really hard. That training video that Brittany was talking about did me no good. I thought to myself, okay, this will be fine. But what I do think was an issue because I heard a lot of people say this on the little trail area that we did was that the snow was not helping us out at all. It was a little sticky. And so when the snow got sticky, it would stay to the bottom of the skis and then it prevented you from having that smooth glide a little bit. And did you notice like when we would actually clean it Mm -hmm. off, we actually had a good little glide to it that made it a little bit easier yeah and there was someone giving lessons to a small group and I overheard some of the stuff he was coaching them on and how to do it the little tidbit I got from that coach really helped me just with how to go I wish I would have watched the part of the video on how to stop because that definitely would have been useful And so we went to the Breckenridge Nordic Center. And so like Kim said, they do have lessons and then you can get your rentals there as well. And so to do the rental and a trail pass, it was $55 per person for the day. And like we mentioned earlier, they did have a little video lesson that you could watch. We were kind of crunched for time too because we had gotten something to eat. And so we only had about two, two and a half hours to get the most out of our cross country skiing. So we're like, well, we don't want to spend time watching this video. And they had people that helps you put your skis on if you're having some trouble. So that was really nice as well. At certain points on the trail that they had that you can go around and do the cross-country skiing, it was almost like they created their own track for you to have your skis in. Mm -hmm. And so that was at the easiest point when we came across those long stretches, if you will. It's almost like they edged out a spot for us to really put our skis in. And because the snow was so compact, that's when we started doing it. So we found a hill, not a very, very big hill, but an incline enough that when you're at the top of it, you can go down and slide down real nice, but also steep enough that when you're going up of it, even though it's smooth, you definitely feel that altitude. And it gave me a headache every time when we went to the top. But that was the funnest point is when we started going downhill and doing our little uh, gliding on that. I think we probably went down that like three different times. Yes, it was just like Tron at Disneyland in Shanghai. Again, again. (laughs) It was really, really fun until Jamal didn't stop and ran right into me and we both went down. Uh, No, that's not... That's not what okay, happened at all. Okay, we actually have a video of it. We posted it on our Instagram too. Mm-hmm. And so this hill is like, there's almost two sections of it. There's the top part, which we went down several times. And then it goes to an intersection and then the hill continues down, right? So right at that intersection, it got a little tricky because that's where we're trying to stop, but it's still downhill. And that's where you're really like catching speed. Mm-hmm. So this was a tricky spot. It definitely caught me a few times. Oh yeah. Well, did you ever stick the landing, Kim? I think you... I think Fell every time. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so I go first. I'm trying to pick myself up off the ground. Jamal's coming down. Oh no, Brittany, you went first. I went first. Because you were filming all of us. Yes. Because I went down first the first time because I filmed you ladies come down. Yeah. So Brittany's like, I need to film you come down, Jamal. So she went in the middle. You were like you said. No, no, no. I went first. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Me. So you yeah. got Kim falling then. Yes. She was still recovering. Okay. I <laughs> went down first and then I stuck my landing and I was super proud of myself and I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to pull my phone out. I'm going to get Kim. I'm going to get Jamal. And I had been sticking my landings too. And I stuck this one. I'm just throwing that out there. I stuck it. 
Whitney messed it up. The but. video is so funny. <laughs> so then Kim comes down. Kim's doing great until it comes to to get to the landing. She falls down. And in part of the video, it's like me recording Kim trying to get up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to get up when you fall on these skis. And then I turn the camera over to Jamal, who's coming down the hill. And I'm like, yeah, Jamal, good job. I'm giving you know, all this encouragement. <laughs> He's and coming down slow, too. He's coming because to- I was breaking and I pretty much had my stop in place. Pretty much, but not quite. Because Brittany fucked it up. No, no, I did not. So <laughs> Jamal gets down to the intersection where I'm recording and I'm actually like out of the way. And he he's about to stick his landing. He's really, really close to that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, don't run into me. And he's like, I'm not. And all of a sudden he flips us both. We both fall back <laughs> and... I get it all on video. The video is great. It was almost like that first person footage stuff that you see in Cloverfield or Blair Witch. The camera landed perfectly on the upside for us <laughs> to like see everything happen. But I'm telling you, I stuck the landing. I was trying to show off and show how precise oh. my sticking of the landing would be and get close to Brittany. Brittany got a little nervous. She even admitted, she said, don't hit me. So you could tell she kind of got a little scared <laughs> okay. there. And then basically like I had stuck it, but my skis did not hit her but i came so close that my skis went under her she got a little freaked out lifted her feet her skis hit my skis and that's what caused the fall and i'm sticking to it under mine and i moved i was coming in for the kiss on video Brittany. that's why i had to do that what's funny though is before Brittany says don't run into me jamal says coming in hot coming in hot I did. Well, you know, we're going to have to put up the video again. That, I mean, that was the highlight of it. I loved watching you every time, Kim Paul, <laughs> except for the one time you stuck it. I stuck it every time except for the one time Brittany messed it up for me. But We uh, all okay. fell a few times. Yeah, we all you fell, fell yeah. in different parts. Oh, yeah. Well, not even on the downhill. Sometimes you just fall. You just fall. <laughs> I was trying to get my stride and do it like in the flow that they do. And it's it's tough. I was watching some guy just like cruising on through. I'm like, how the hell are these people I know. doing it? I think there's a different type of ski. We had like two options. The sport ski. It was like classic and performer or something, something like that. Something like that. And I think these people had the other kind because they were just like... Like moving their feet side to side, going super fast. They look like Olympians compared to us. And it wasn't (laughs) straight skiing like we were doing, like foot, foot, foot. It was foot to the side, foot to the side. side. Yeah, I I never got that down. I feel like they're kind of like, I mean, they're not really even that bulky, but they're so long that you really have to get a good rhythm down to get that that movement down. Mm -hmm. We didn't get that. Nope. Maybe (laughs) next time. It was definitely fun, but... um, I, I would try it again only if somebody told me the snow conditions were good because I think that snow was sticky, but it was hard. But you like know, snowboarding was easier to me than that. Like that was hard. <laughs> I was really surprised that we didn't see like any tubing in Breckenridge. No. Like we saw loved the skiing, yeah. normal skiing. We saw the snowboarding. We saw the cross country skiing, but like we had such a good time when we were in Boise snow tubing and I thought that would have been really fun here. We didn't even see that was an opportunity. Hmm. I'll say too with cross country skiing, the trails that we were on, some of them had some hills. They weren't very big hills or anything, so they weren't too scary, but that's what really gave you the momentum and made it fun. So if it was cross country skiing on flat, I don't think it would be as much fun. I don't know if I would enjoy that or mm-hmm. want to do no, I would have hated it. It was hard <laughs> for us to even move. Like the highlight yeah. was that like what? 10% grade downhill, yeah. probably even less than that, but it was enough to give us the flow, mm-hmm. but slow enough. Anything to, higher than that, I don't, I don't want it. It's too fast, but this hill was the perfect size. It was a good one. <laughs> and squad tip guys.
get a really nice picture with the trees in the background, the snow on the ground when you're posing with your gear makes for a nice picture. And get yourself a nice snowsuit for that picture. I was about to say, Kim specifically got a <laughs> snowsuit that looked like it was from the 1980s. And I say that with a compliment, it was just like that bright pink and like blue, blue with it. And uh, it really fit, but it looked like 1980s mountain town stuff from like movies and hot tub time machine. That's what it looked like. Did and I say that in a good warm, way. Kim? What was that? Did it keep you warm? Oh, it was extremely warm. Yeah, which is funny because the portion of the day we went skiing in, the sun was beaming down on us super hot. So I was mm-hmm. like sweating in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I was debating if I was going to bring like a jacket on top of, I think, my fleece. And I was like, no, I'm not going to. And I was really glad that I wasn't because I was hot. Like you really work up the mm-hmm. sweat. You know, interestingly yeah. enough, the time that we actually did the physical activity is when the sun decided to shine and it stopped snowing. So like then it started warming up even more because we're doing physical activity and the sun was out. Every other time then it was just snowing and then Cold. cloud covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Breckenridge Nordic Center, the people there were really nice and helpful, like getting you your rentals and making sure you got the right size. And I remember the person like, He even remembered our names when we returned our rentals. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really nice and personable. They even gave me a free coffee. That is nice. Yeah. I was asking like, oh, is the coffee fresh? Like you guys have coffee? And then she was like, oh, it was maybe brewed about like 30 minutes ago. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. And I don't know if it was because I asked about the freshness or whatever. And she's like, oh, I don't want to charge him. And maybe he'll complain. I was fine with 30 minutes. And then they ended up giving it to me. I was so grateful for it. So I really liked the Breckenridge Nordic Center because I agree with Brittany's sentiment. Like they were really nice, really friendly. And I would recommend going there. And it was busy, but it wasn't as busy and crazy as it was up on the mountain. We didn't have to wait to get help. There was a little bit of food, I think, being sold there, too. And they had some really cute chairs to sit on in front of their fireplace. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice to hang out there a little bit longer if we had time. Yeah, if we had the time, absolutely. But we didn't have time. We had to move on. We really wanted to do a little snow hike to see the Breckenridge Troll. And the Breckenridge Troll has a name. His name is Isaac Hartstone, and he's a 15-foot wooden troll sculpture on the Trollstigan Trail. They named the trail after the troll? I guess so. (laughs) What a nice little pun they have. Well, apparently the troll used to be somewhere else in Breckenridge, and he was super easy to get to, but it was causing like a lot of tourists to just come and take a whole bunch of photos and, and cause traffic, traffic jams because there's not a lot of base. And so they moved him onto a trail, so you have to work a little bit to get to him. Doesn't the artist who created it, Isaac Hartstone, didn't he create trolls in other cities too? Isaac Hartstone's the name of the troll. Oh, well, what's who's the name of the artist? Because didn't the artist create the troll in other places? Yeah, there are other trolls in other cities. I was actually posting on our Instagram and one of my friends reached out to me who lives in Ohio and she goes, oh, I went to go see the troll and she showed me a picture. It looked pretty much the same. Wow. There was quite a few mesmerizing sculptures that caught Jamal's attention. What was the other one? (laughs) Don't you remember at the ski place, there was like some kind of statue? Oh, yes. After the (laughs) gondola. Yeah. Between the hotels and the shops that they had at the free gondola, they had this one statue that was made out of metal. And it was almost like a warrior of sorts. And he was shooting like a crossbow. But it just, uh, yeah, I was mesmerized by that. (laughs) I forgot all about it. But yes, I was. So Breckenridge is an artsy city, apparently, with sculptures and street art. (laughs) 
So it's only about a five minute walk to get from the parking lot to the troll. Um, and you just want to make sure while you're there not to climb on him so that you don't ruin him and can leave opportunities for other people to take pictures with him. But it's a great photo op um, to take a photo with the troll. Hey, squatties, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey, squatties. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. Quite honestly, I feel like Breckenridge is centered around, like we said, the snow activities. So if you're not going to be skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, or cross-country skiing like we did, you know, the downtown is very, very nice, very walkable, lots of mom-and-pop shops that I really appreciated. But one of the things that you have to do, obviously, we all have to do it, is eat. And we were trying to find the best places to eat in Breckenridge. And why don't we talk a little bit about that? There are a lot of places to choose from. For a small town, they have a ton of bars and restaurants here. And so you'll have plenty of options, plenty of different food choices. But because it was so cold, we were craving like warm food to warm us up. So we wanted pho. We just didn't know lunch, dinner, debating back and forth. So we chose American for lunch. and We went to the Canteen Tap House and Tavern. It's actually one of the oldest buildings on Main Street. I felt like every restaurant here kind of looked the same interior-wise. When we saw photos online when we were looking of where we wanted to eat, I agree with that. But we passed so many just on our little walks that we did that like we would say a name of one and I would forget where one was because they had a lot of like American-style bars. They had one place that had what, like over 100 beers on tap too. And I thought we were going to go to that one when we chose this one, but it wasn't, but that's okay. I still really like this one. So a lot of them are the same 
same when it comes to the American style, kind of like that bar restaurants, but they have a lot of ethnic cuisine there too. Like mm-hmm. you said, we were trying to get pho because we wanted something to warm our soul, but we know Kim and us too, for that matter, we like Thai food. So it was an internal debate. It's like, what's <laughs> going to warm our soul more? We always do Thai, but we know Thai is going to be good. Should we switch it up and do like a soup and do pho? And we ended up settling on the pho, but you have a lot of good options to choose from. But at the Canteen Tap House, the chicken tortilla soup was really good. Really good, yeah. I really enjoyed that. And then Kim and I also got a dry dock apricot blonde beer. That was also really good. Mm -hmm, Very good. The beers were great. Gave me a headache, though. Or like we said earlier, do keep that in mind. The altitude, if you're not used to it, and after we did physical activity, definitely kicks in a little bit. Yeah, someone was saying to us, like, if you normally feel a buzz off of two, only drink one and see how you feel because altitude is going to hit you. But then for dinner, um, we decided to get pho. Kim had never had pho before. So this was her first pho experience. And we went to a place called Peak of Asia and got pho and spring rolls and egg rolls. How was your pho experience, Kim? I'm glad that I had the experience, but I wish we would have gotten Thai food. Thai food. Well, we were also even talking at the same time. We, I think we all prefer ramen over pho oh, too. Yeah. And so there was even a debate of talk of like, well, should we get ramen? Because there was ramen places. No, there, no, was there wasn't. Oh, I thought there was. No. That's kind of crazy for a mountain town that's snowy. There's no ramen. Okay. I feel like on the menu, we saw something that had ramen, but mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't a ramen place. And so it was just one thing. on. But I could be just confusing myself. I think we would have went with ramen if we could have. I think so too. But we did there was no option. But don't let Kim discourage you. I mean, I did enjoy Peak of Asia. Kim's always partial to Thai, so I think that's why she actually says it. But how were those spring rolls that you got? Those spring rolls were were prime time. Mm -hmm. Those were great. Mm-hmm. Spring rolls and egg rolls were on point. Actually, they, they gave it to me in a way that I never had it before, really. They give you a big piece of lettuce. It's um, it's like a romaine lettuce. Romaine lettuce heart, yeah. And then they give you cilantro and I think mint, mint. or something. And you eat it like a little taco. And that was an amazing experience. I've had spring rolls that way, more particularly at Vietnamese restaurants. They do that. And I love it that way. It adds that little bit of freshness to it. And yeah. that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we went to dinner that day, we also went to a brewery called Broken Compass Brewing Company. And Kim and I both got the mango passion fruit sour. That was also good. I liked that place. They mm-hmm. had big, long Tables. like benches and you it was like community kind of style because they were so big. And there was a lot of people in there. There's families in there. It was mm-hmm. nice. There's lots of breweries out there. There was like two other main ones, were there not? Mm -hmm. So it was hard to choose. But I mean, we had a jam-packed day. We drove that morning from Denver. Then we obviously did the cross-country skiing, getting food, drinking all in between. So we weren't at the point where we were going to bar hop. We actually tried. I don't want to forget to talk about this. They have wine tasting out there. And we were trying to go to the place to do the wine tasting. But it was all booked up, so we weren't able to do it. So that's why we ended up going to the brewery instead. That's right. And so if you're looking to do wine tasting at, what is it, Colorado's highest winery, they say? then definitely make a reservation. They take reservations. And if we had had one or we had an hour to wait, then we could have gotten in. But if you plan for it, you can get in. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things to do in Breckenridge in the winter. Like we talked about sledding, tubing, tubing, 
Not if you do something with with a company, but if you brought your own materials, there are places to go tubing, snowboarding, skiing, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing. And at Breckenridge Nordic Center, you you did have the option to rent um, snowshoes if you wanted to. And while we were on the gondola, as we were going up, we saw people snowshoeing. Mm -hmm. You can even go ice fishing, dog sledding. Why didn't we do dog sledding? I don't know. What? Because you beezies were so hyped up on cross-country skiing from last year that I think you guys just wanted to put that into fruition. I have always wanted to go dog sledding. Well, the next time we go on a winter vacation, we're going to have to do dog sledding. They also have snowcat tours and Breckenridge has an international snow sculpture championship that takes place every January. I would love to go to the snow sculpture championship. Not that fact that it's like a championship, but I would just love to see the snow sculptures. I think that would be really cool. And I wonder if there's like ice carvings there too yeah. that they do. Ice luges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another, shots down that that's way. another one of my dreams, like bucket list things. I want to have a drink out of an ice luge. Can you imagine if they do a drink out of an ice luge and they also light it on fire so it's just like kind of <laughs> down the slide for you? That'd be crazy. But by the time it gets to you, it's so cold that the fire dies out. That but would it's be like a special wild. effect. We should just create it and do it ourselves. That's crazy. <laughs> and Breckenridge, you can visit any time of year. You don't have to go in the winter for the winter activities. If you prefer summer, warmer weather, they have hiking, biking. They have a summer beer festival, a summer food and wine festival, whitewater rafting, summer dog sledding, fly fishing, kayaking, and stand-up paddleboarding, and even golfing in the how, area. How do you do summer dog sledding? I don't know. Is there still snow and they're taking you to high elevations or instead of a sled that uses like little rails for the snow, do they have wheels and they let the dogs pull me? Like I'm really confused by that summer dog sledding. Dogs in shape all year round. I guess so. We didn't get to do any of this, but this is in the area of Breckenridge and I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up because you know the squad likes to find hot springs if we can. There's hot springs around there, Kim. You wanted to do it Mm -hmm. for whatever reason we didn't end up doing it, but why don't you tell people a little bit about the hot springs that are around there? There's a couple within probably like an hour or so of Breckenridge, maybe a little bit less for some of them. They have a couple. So one is more of like an indoor style. I think that one's like 45 minutes from Denver. So just about halfway between them. That one looked cool. The indoor aspect was a little interesting. Again, I feel like they underutilize their outdoor space, but they did have hot tub kind of things out in the outside too. And then they have a more natural one, I believe. I don't know why we didn't go. I think they were just kind of out of the way. And it, like we were talking about it to kill some time, but. Well, the reason why we I think we didn't go is because we had our heart sets to go to Colorado Springs to see the Pueblos mm-hmm. and like the cliff dwellings. And so we We were focused on getting there and I think we had passed them by the time we realized we should call and make sure they were open and they were closed because of the snow. And right, that's right. And we didn't want to backtrack on it, but they have hot springs in the area too. So if the other type of activities aren't really your cup of tea, it's a beautiful mountain town, quaint downtown, and you can do the the hot spring action. But keeping to the point of what you said, Kim, about underutilization of outdoor space. I know we talked about it like on the mountain in that area. 
I felt in Denver's downtown area, they really didn't utilize it either. I forgot what street it is, but it's closed, if I'm not mistaken, to cars. So it's a pedestrian one, and they have lots of restaurants, shops on there. And they have outdoor seating areas, no doubt. But during winter, like I get that it's cold, but if you had like a cover and heaters, Mm -hmm. I would choose to sit out there or like even like the glass fire pits that they have. Like, I think that would be nice. I think that's something that you're right is underutilized in the the Denver Breckenridge area is outdoor usage even in winter. Yeah. I mean, even in the summer, you would think they would want shade with a cover. Mm -hmm. There are no covers. Yeah. They're just really not using their outdoor space well. Mm. We did not go to any rooftop bars while here, unfortunately, but... Maybe next time. We were debating going back to high tea, though. (laughs) Yes, we were. We were. So this is why I'm not sold on March, because we were going to... What were we going to do on Sunday? We were going to go to Colorado Springs and see the cliff dwellings. The cliff dwellings. Yeah, Manitou Springs. Mm -hmm. That's where it was. And it looked really cool. I've always wanted to go to Mesa Verde National Park, and it totally looked like that. And then there was the Garden of the Gods nearby there too. Mm -hmm. But the Pueblos was closed because of the snow. And then we didn't want to go to Garden of the Gods because the road conditions were getting kind of crazy. And we weren't even sure if that was going to be open. Mm -hmm. So we did not go there. So we went back to Denver. We were kind of just killing time because our flight was at night, really late at night, actually. Yeah. And even in Denver, like we went and saw the Capitol and that was cool, but it's snowy, it's cold. And I just kind of decided Denver is not on the top of my list of cities we went to denver before and we kind of had the same experience yeah we we like took a monday off and Mm -hmm. our flight was a little late and we're like oh we're really gonna explore the downtown area and we went to different areas and we had a good time but i felt like there wasn't a lot to do to fill up our time right and that's one of the things about denver there's lots to do but not in denver central like 45 minutes hour away and all like radius around it but in terms of like true downtown it is just a downtown and other than like restaurants you know we even went to a brewery to kill time until we eventually got southwest to get us onto an earlier flight and we were asking even our waitress in the brewery and she was having a hard time figuring out recommendations for us to do of things close by there was the axe throwing and indoor (laughs) mini golf putt putt which that putt putt we were about to do until Southwest was able to switch us onto an earlier flight. Yeah. So, and that would have been fun. The mini golf and Thai food we were going to get. But let's talk about this Southwest experience because this was kind of crazy way to get ourselves home early. Instead of getting home at like 10 p.m., we ended up getting home at like six, I think. Yeah. So that was really nice. So we were like, let's see what it would cost to change our flights. Online, it was showing another like 200 bucks per person. Yes. But we what we haven't mentioned is they changed our flights on us to begin with like that. We were originally supposed to leave, I think, Monday morning. Oh, and that's they right. They changed our flight. So we changed it for free to Sunday night. And then this the snowstorm happened. Yeah. So we can like see online that they are available. And it was weird. Like the times of the flights, there's several flights out, but the times kept, some of them were booked fully up and then others were available. And then as we kept checking it, it was like changing a little bit. It was Mm kind of weird. So I couldn't change my flight online because I bought it with points. And if you buy it with points and if you want to upgrade it, any change fees are also going to be in points. And I didn't have the points available to make that 
change. I didn't have enough. So we had to call. We call once. We put our number in for them to call us back. They call back like 30 minutes later. We missed the call. Missed the call and they didn't give a second courtesy call. <laughs> so I was like so annoyed by that. So we had to call back again, be on hold and wait like another 45 an minutes or yeah. an hour for them to call us back. And that's when we were killing time in the brewery so in downtown. that one we were actually we went to the Capitol when we were on hold mm -hmm. and then we got on the phone and they said oh that flight that you're looking for is is not available it's all sold out now because we saw yeah. like there was like five seats originally and then they told us it was sold out yeah so we're like fuck so then we're like all right we'll go play mini golf but we're sitting at the brewery and i'm looking online and i see that flight's still there it came back and then it's changing like two seats left five seats left and i'm like what the hell yeah so i'm like we're gonna call again and we wait another hour on hold while we're sitting there having our beer. We finally get through and we do get the upgrade. And they gave it to us for free. For free. Yeah. So we did not have to pay, but it was a debacle of time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and calling back like three times to finally get it. But we got it for sure. That was awesome. I guess something happened with like a plane maybe wasn't going to make it and then that flight was canceled and then they got it back. So that was the reason things were changing. So squad tip for you all. Persevere, stay on hold, get your upgrade for free. And we've actually called a few times like that with Southwest where mm -hmm. they waive the change fee. And have you guys heard that Southwest is getting a fourth tier? I have heard something about this. They're actually going to start charging if you want to do same day changes. Oh. And so there's going to be like the want to get away, which like is the lowest fare. Then they're going to do something in between where like you can do the same day changes for mm. free included in that price. Well, what happened to transparency? I don't know. <laughs> I guess they want to make some money. Maybe they're realizing like a lot of people are doing same day changes and like maybe they can capture that audience a little bit more. They really lost a lot of money when they canceled alcohol. Yeah. But you know what? They brought alcohol back. Yes. And we used our coupons. Hell yeah. yeah. So Kim, this is something we haven't even talked about as a squad, but do you remember when we picked up our rental car in Denver and the back of the car was scratched? Scratch. Well, yeah, like yeah. The, the Not whole scratched. The bumper was trashed. Yeah. It had a crack in it. We landed at like 11. So by the time we got to the rental car center and got our rental car, it was like edging midnight. Mm -hmm. And then we got in the car and they were like, no, there's nothing you can do unless you want to go wait in line again. And we're like, fuck, we're not waiting in line. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, the bumper's noted. No problem. So turns out we called to complain about that. And they ended up giving us a one a coupon for one day of like free rental Ooh. for a future rental. But then they tried to they did file a claim with our insurance and they sent us a bill for eight thousand dollars saying that what we the were hell the, saying that we were the ones that that wrecked the car I'm pissed i got a call from my insurance company asking for my statement about the claim i'm like what claim are you talking about they're like you rented a car from the denver airport like oh my god on or around march something i'm like and then i just got oh, so no. pissed like i'm really pissed about it so luckily we have the photo we took a picture of we it. took yes. a photo of it it's time stamped it's also geolocated and so we screenshotted that sent it to the insurance company the insurance company has received from the rental car company the contract of when we signed it so like uh britney was saying i mean we rented the car by the time like i actually signed for it it was like 11 57 
p.m. on what, like March 3rd, March 4th, whatever mm -hmm. date it was, doesn't really matter. And then they can see the photo timestamp is 12.03 a.m. on March 5th, you at know, the like Denver the very airport. next day at the Denver airport. So unless they think I wrecked the car in six minutes in the parking lot, like my insurance <laughs> company is like, uh, like, of course, you know, and I'm like, they they noted it to me. And not when only that, when out, I called he said it's already on here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're yeah, trying to hit me with an $8,000 bill. $8, Can you believe bill. this crap? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm pissed. So another squad tip for you guys is if you do rent a vehicle anywhere, whether it's here in the US or abroad, make sure to take a picture or video of the car just in case something like this happens to you and you can use it. You guys proof. are not having good luck with rental cars right now. Mm -mm. No, mm -mm. we're not. <laughs> the one in Mexico did it for me and now I'm on a trend. It's like when the one thing happened to my phone and then like five <laughs> times something happened to my phone each time, like I'm worried about the, my rental car situation. This now. is a, an example of some of the negative things that happen when you travel, the headaches that can yeah. come from it yeah and then they've been sending us letters and Jamal's have to respond and they're like oh that letter was sent to you on accident and so it's just been it's been what a, a mess but I'm upset anyways we still had a good time in Breckenridge and we didn't mention or do any of these things but we could have visited the distillery there it's like one of mm -hmm. the oldest. we were talking about it mm -hmm. we did stroll the historic downtown district a bit they have a lot of beer so a lot of craft beer we mentioned earlier going wine tasting and because this is a gold mining town they have gold mine tours and ghost tours oh ghost tours i don't think we did the ghost tour because we're saving it for savannah mm-hmm Alrighty, well, it is question of the week time, so let's hit it. Do we have any questions this week? Yeah, we do. We have one. It, the question is anonymous, and they ask, would you recommend Breckenridge over Aspen? I've never been to Aspen. It's definitely hyped up and I would love to go at a later date when I have tons of money to blow because Aspen is like a luxury location mm -hmm. and knowing Breckenridge is a cousin location and even that was expensive. I can only imagine what Aspen is like. So I don't know if I can necessarily say I recommend it over it, but I can say for Breckenridge that unless you ski or snowboard like down the mountain and that's what you're there for, I don't know if I would go back. I would say Harry and Lloyd have some good information for us about Aspen. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just watch Dumb and Dumber. They go to Aspen and have the time Looks of fun. their life. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that'll give you a little bit of idea. No, but like Aspen really is like the top tier ski town in Colorado. So like you said, Kim, we haven't been there to give an opinion on it. But if you have the money and are willing to do it, it is probably going to be like double the price of Breckenridge and Breckenridge was already just ridiculously expensive too. All right, squaddies. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram, YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast and send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, everybody. Bye.